0: Welcome to The Homegirls, four top producing mega realtors, moms, wives, and friends talking about real estate and real life. Angela, Kristen, Jessica, and Lindsay are in the top 1% of all real estate agents and would be honored to receive your real estate referrals in Colorado. Join us as we drop a new episode every Monday anywhere podcasts are aired in real life on YouTube and connect with us every day on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at homegirlsco. Thanks for listening. We love you.
1: Hi everybody! We are here today with um, Nick Baldwin who is one of my favorite people which he doesn't know um, but he he knows now now. (laughs) but um, you know he really needs no introduction. I'll try to introduce him anyways but he is one of the co-founders of Labcoat Agents which uh, to me and to everybody that I know is like basically our primary source of news and information is real estate agents. I think Nick will correct me if I'm wrong, but I think it's probably like the biggest Facebook group for agents out there, I would imagine. And he is also uh, the regional technology trainer for Keller Williams. And he also is running a new group called Command Your Conversion, which is geared towards helping agents integrate command into their business. So welcome, Nick. I'm so excited you're here.
2: Hey, I'm super pumped to be on on one of your inaugural episodes (laughs) of your podcast.
1: Yes. So I think that you should just tell us, um, like I feel like I know bits and pieces of your story, because I've been in lab coats like a long, long time. But um, for people that are listening and, and don't know, you've been all over the board, all over the map. Run us through your career so far a little bit.
2: Sure. So yeah, so Code Agents is the largest real estate Facebook group on planet Earth with 112,000 members, the largest and most engaged. Um, I think we're in the top 5% of engagement uh, for groups, which is awesome. Even groups that have a million or more members, um, we've got more engagement than some of those, which we're really excited for. Um, and it obviously means that there's something like that in the industry where... Agents um, sharing best practices, you know of all different levels. Um, obviously you've got some negativity every so and so often But listen, that's the internet for you, right? But um, yeah, so I've been in the business for 13 years um, Man, I'm from Montclair, New Jersey. Originally I uh, got two kids and a wife and now I live in Michigan um, And I'll talk about why I moved to Michigan from New Jersey in a second. But um, yeah, I've been in the business 13 years I've, um, I used to run a team with my mother uh, out of Montclair, New Jersey, and then, um, ran my own team for a couple years. And I got offered a team leader position at a Keller Williams market center in Clarkston, Michigan, which, um, believe it or not, is my wife's hometown. So when I got offered that job, I didn't really have an, have an option of whether or not I was going to accept that job. <laughs> she accepted it for me, but, um, yeah, I always thought I was going to go kicking and screaming to, to Michigan, but I actually love Michigan compared to New Jersey. Now I've been here for almost two years and when i go home to new jersey i get really anxious and i get really overwhelmed cuz new jersey is like so close together and people are like it's a just different culture you know what i mean like in michigan uh, you pull out of my subdivision and on the right you have a dirt road and on the left you have a starbucks so it's like a good mix of you know rural and suburban um, and and after almost 2 years as the team leader i was promoted to regional um, regional tech director for Michigan, Northern Ohio, uh, region of Keller Williams. And that's kind of more in my wheelhouse technology, teaching agents to grow their business and to live a better life through leveraging tech. And that's, that's my passion.
1: Congratulations. That's super, super exciting. And that's a new, like, um, I had no idea that position existed until you did it. So yeah,
2: well it is a new, so, so that's what's so cool. Right. So like Now that KW has decided that they're a technology company, they need a technology director in every region. And the cool part about it is there's 30 of us because there's 30 regions and it's a brand new role. And we're the first ones ever in that role. So of course, while there's a model, because like I always say, if Gary Gary Keller had a model for brushing your teeth, there would be one, but there's definitely a model for this role. But at the same time, because it's so new, it's a lot of experimentation and, and and a lot of us are kind of throwing in our, our, our ideas and our suggestions on, on how we should be better teaching the technology. So we're essentially shaping this position for anyone to come after us. And Jason Abrams has said he feels that this is eventually going to be you know one of the most important, if not the most important roles in our company uh, as our technology gets smarter and bigger and better. So I'm really excited for that.
1: What is Jason's just like as a quick sidebar role? Cause like he's in Austin right now. And like, mm-hmm. I've heard some kind of whispers, but he's, he's doing something like on a corporate level, at KWRI, right?
2: Yeah. That's kind of the joke at an international, like, like wh- who, who, what's Jason doing, right? Like, who is this guy? Um, so like if you were going to associate Jason to a role, right, like he'd essentially be the vice president. Um, but he doesn't really go around saying that, um, you know, it's Gary. In, in terms of, I think, well, in terms of hierarchy, I, I think it's probably Gary, Josh, and Jason. Um, then there's Ellen, who's the chief operating officer. Um, so I don't know if there is a specific hierarchy, but if you were going to give him, a, a, if you were going to give him a title, probably VP. So
1: nice, very nice. So walk us through the inception of lab coats, I would just even love to know how you met Tristan and how all Mm -hmm. that came about. Um, You guys are like so perfect. One with the hair, one with the no hair, like you guys are so, (laughs) like.
2: Yeah, you guys are great, like one (laughs) of you is bald. But with a really big
1: beard, like there's this thing that it went around on YouTube for a long time that was like how to be a badass and it was shave your head and grow a beard and that's it. So you're Yeah, officially, I
2: have a lot of I have a lot of beard bros. Like, there's a lot of there's so many people now ripping my style. Like, I have I've had no I've had no hair and a beard for like five years. You know where you've been? You're just now you're here with it. But
1: there's a no, lot it's of people a, ripping off a lot of your stuff. Just FYI, it, it, you know, sure listen,
2: know, Like I'll, I'll be a trendsetter. It's fine. But um, yeah, Tristan and I met on E Harmony. That's that's you know it's where we started. <laughs> you no. Know, they felt that we were a good match. No, no, no. But in all seriousness, it was it was Match.com. But we met on uh, Facebook through a mutual friend. His name is Steve Passanelli. And Steve Passanelli, yeah. um, if you guys know Steve, now he's the chief marketing officer Bomb BombBomb. Before, he and Chris Smith worked at Realtor.com, and they ran a really awesome website called the Tech Savvy Agent. And yeah. those two guys were very forward-thinking in terms of, filling a need, filling a void in the industry, which was like, that was the original place, I think, in my generation. I mean, I know there were message boards and so on and so forth before text agent, but that was really like the driving force for why lab codes came about because Chris and Steve uh, left realtor.com and then it, it, text savvy agent went away because it was owned by realtor.com. And so um, this guy, Tristan, who I didn't know about five years ago, started a, a group on facebook called lab code agents and uh i saw it i thought it was cool and i said to steve i was like hey I, I noticed you're friends with this guy tristan who is this and then steve introduced us via facebook messenger and in classic tristan fashion now i could hear the way it sounded when steve introduced us via facebook messenger hey tristan this is nick Baldwin. and you guys should know each other and tristan's response through messenger was was um, yeah, hey, what's up? Let's do it, baby, yeah, like oh, you know what I mean, that's how Tristan is like, yeah, I love it to everything, and so, for the first six months running lab coats we didn't even speak to each other, we just started sharing content, and then over time, I think it spread, and the value was there, and then the next thing I know we were five thousand members, then twenty, and then it just kept growing, and we actually had our first conference um in uh this the the then ceo Dwayne legate of commission zinc was in our group and he was like hey i love what you guys are doing um and and i would love to uh host you here at my headquarters in atlanta for you guys to host um a summit we were like whoa that's so crazy we had five thousand people in the group and we had about 150 people come to the first summit which which is i think pretty awesome that we were able to do that and we got big names. We got the Lokens. We got Sean Rawls. Um, we had a lot of really big names in the industry come to our two-day summit at, at the Commission Zinc headquarters. So that's kind of like how LabCodes got into the event space. And now we have multiple events a year. We've got a annual two-day event, which normally like six or 700 people come to. And then we have Um, one day events throughout the country where we go to different cities so we'll have like 250 or 300 at those events we actually have one coming up um, on March uh, 13th in Virginia Beach I don't know when this episode is gonna air but if it airs before that it's March 13th in Virginia Beach
1: yeah (laughs) well okay first of all you know I've been petitioning for you to come to Denver for like a long time so oh
2: I'm coming to Colorado Springs
1: yeah, I know, and I will be there. But um, real quick, we'll link it in there for people. But um, since it is gonna drop right before the event, drop. how do they grab a ticket?
2: To, uh, go to lca1.com, lca1.com, the number one because that's our one-day events is lca1. But um, the lineup's great. Tara Carter, Ken Posek, um, lots of cool, lots of cool agents doing doing interesting things like YouTube client events and things like that. Automation, but yeah, so it just kind of like took off like It took off quicker than we could create a business model really Um, But now, you know, we're pretty well leveraged with with event planner. um, We have PR uh, We have um, a website uh, developer um, You know, we have different people in different positions. I mean, it's a legitimate business, you know We have sponsorships and and things like that. So yeah, we have a lot of fun uh, with doing lab coats
1: what is your Favorite kind of question in the group and least favorite kind of question. What's asked? my favorite and least
2: favorite? Yes Uh, there's like a joke, um, and we made t-shirts out of it Where like the most commonly asked question in lab coats is what crm should I yep. use?
1: Yes <laughs> You know,
2: and if like you're in real estate, you're clearly in real estate if You're listening to this but like It's so strange how that's the that's the most commonly asked asked right. question like what crm should I use right? I don't understand, like, why that's such a popular question, but so it's I, now become just a joke. Sorry, Kristen, go ahead. No,
3: no, you're you're fine. So I can kind of like see why it is, though, because one, if you're a brand new agent and you don't have the support of your office, of course, you're, that's going to be a question. Um, so to me, that's the only way that that question would come up is if you're a new agent and you don't have the support. But really, why is that a question?
1: Or or if you're like, I mean, from like if you're an experienced agent or you're running a team, like, and you're about to drop fifteen hundred, three thousand dollars a month on something really fancy, like you want to know what the difference is between Boomtown and Sync and Conversion and all these other guys. But like, I mean, do we have to ask it every thirty five? We do, right? We do,
0: right?
2: I, th- I think like I think the thing is like people, you know, listen, agents for the most part. They don't. They're not business-minded for the most part. There's only a select few of them that actually have the mind of a business owner, and so when they look at, they see people talking about CRMs, they're like, "That's going to make me a lot of money. Like that's what I need. I need that to make me money." And you know, they also don't know how to use technology. They don't know how to use Facebook, so they just ask it, and they're like, "Hey, I'm going to go into this group of 112,000 people. And I'm going to ask this question for the first time. Mm-hmm. What CRM should I use?" Instead there's you know why don't i go and i and i like you know i search for it you know it's just listen it's, it's for us because it's it's fine for us because it, it adds engagement to the group and the more engagement there is you know the higher in the rankings we we go so i'm fine with it i just find it humorous so we actually made t-shirts we made lab coats t-shirts that say what crm should i use and then our logo lab coat agents and so we sell those at events and they sell out in like a, se- in like a second Cause like,
1: you need them also that say, ask your broker. Cause that's yes. the other thing oh, I yeah. feel like is like everyone yeah. asks your broker. Asks your
2: broker. Okay. Your broker. So that actually reminds me. then. so the question, ask your broker, um, I, I think it's funny. Yeah. Certain things you should ask. Like when you're asking questions about contracts, you're asking questions about really specific, uh, items, like pe- agents will come in there and they will, they will make a post about a deal they're doing. That's so specific. Mm-hmm. Listen, 112,000 agents in that group like over 10% of the agent population of our industry is in lab coats there has been instances where people have, have been so descriptive about a deal and they've mentioned an agent on the other side of that deal and they're saying negative things that agent is in there and that agent sees it and that's just a real great way to get an ethics violation it's like don't talk specifics about a deal that you're doing ask your broker yes please
0: can I just tell you that's like my dream? like, I really want someone to post about
2: our deal in lab coding. Like, I really do. <laughs> you just want to be like, got you. Like, I would die. Is, I don't, I don't see, first of all, why would you ever go to social media and post the specifics of a deal that you're doing?
3: Exactly.
2: You know, it makes no sense, but people don't have a filter and they don't have inner monologues and they, um, you know, they just feel like, okay, this is a closed group, so no one can see it. Um, everyone can see it. Yeah, okay. but
1: going back to Kristen's point, like there are a lot of agents and a lot of brokerages out there where people have no support. So, like I can le- see, like true. legitimately, how people are looking for it. But I mean, right. come on, like maybe well, the ask
2: don't. your broker, yeah, the ask your broker question is interesting because I know plenty of agents who they couldn't ask their broker anything if they wanted to, and so you'll get a lot of that. Um, and, and it's a shame because that's why. know the the reason why the reason even though the coaching industry is getting very saturated the reason why coaches came about was because there was a need for it because the broker is essentially supposed to be the coach but really could a broker coach an office of 300 200 400 agents no that's when you know that's when the agent population was much smaller maybe only had like 25 or 30 agents per office but now the broker um has typically been out of production for 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 many years sometimes not but mostly yes um and so they're not really in tune I, I think with with the with the industry and 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 like that would mean that your broker would have to be good at everything and and no one's good at everything so you know and no one knows everything so i think the ask your broker question comes in is important for certain things but you know other times you just need public opinion and i think that helps
0: yeah So Nick, I have a question as an agent that doesn't use a CRM, first of all.
2: um... (laughs) Well, you know what's funny before you say that? So Jeff Glover, the number one agent in Michigan, um, he just got, he only got a CRM like two years ago and he does a thousand homes a year. So I think that that's really awesome that you just got a CRM. I just met with a team in in the Cleveland area to do like a technology audit on their business and they run on spreadsheets and they did a hundred million. So I think CRMs, first of all, are a crutch but they're also very good if you know how to use them. So I love that you just, that you don't, you said you don't have one.
0: I don't have, I use Facebook. I always have.
2: Facebook is a CRM. You can make lists. I feel lists. like it is. Yeah. Good for you.
0: Depends on how you use it. Um. So you of all people probably see this more than most. I feel like nowadays it's not enough um, for you just to be a good agent and have a successful team. I feel like to be like one of the mega, mega, mega agents, you have to be a tech guy or a tech girl first. And that, why is that? Why does it seem like those huge teams are basically just run by one person that's just insanely good at tech. And then they figure out somehow that they're not good at the customer service part and they just delegate that. It just seems odd to me that that's how it's evolved. It seems, especially with KW.
2: Well, so here's the funny thing. So like I had a big realization about three years ago or so when I went to mega camp, which is the KW, one of the big KW conferences. Yeah. And mega camp is when they have the mega agents on stage. Um, mm-hmm. You know, anyone doing like, you know, 75 million or more is, or hundred million or more is going to be on stage. And I had a really amazing realization and I'm sitting there. I'm like, Oh, this is going to be so cool. Like maybe it was, it was probably long. It was probably further back than three years, but I was like, this to be so great. I'm going to find out like, all the cool techy things that this agent's using, right? And it's gonna be shiny and sexy, and I'm just gonna like really find out the the secret behind it. And so Gary asked the question, you know, let's just say he's like, so, you know, tell us how, you know, in a broad, broad, I'm just gonna broadly ask, like, tell us how you grew your business, what do you do, blah, blah, blah. And they're just like, yeah, you know, um, we we make phone calls every morning from nine to 11. Uh, we'll do door knocking before our open houses and, you know, we'll call our sphere of influence and have client events. And I'm like, okay, wait, here comes the part about all the shiny tech. It's coming. I promise right now. Uh, and then, you know, we'll, um, you know, we'll call expireds or we'll, you know, text and I'm, not, I'm like, it's coming the cool, shiny stuff, the magic. And it never comes because there is no secret. It's just about doing the bare basics. But doing it all the time, every single
1: day—that's yes.
2: how someone like Glover can do two hundred million. That's how the Lokins sell twenty-five hundred homes. Sure, the Lokins have a big ISA team, but technology isn't helping them sell more homes. Sure, it's it's helping them leverage it, be more organized. But the agents who are megas who are selling a lot of homes just do the boring stuff every single day because like gary says success is boring but then the reward is amazing and it's a great payoff so sometimes you just have to do the mundane to get to the stuff that's amazing but none of it is a secret none of it's shiny none of it's sexy it's just the fact that you have to consistently do it every single day
1: but i also think that the like to there's a this is a new generation of real estate so like nick i don't know how i you probably just said it and i blonded over it but like I feel like we've been in the business maybe amount, around the same amount of time, but like, you know, these guys that are like, so Tim Heil, for example, um, these guys are coming in with MBAs and technology degrees and their goal is not what my goal was when I started in the business. When I started in the business teams did not exist. You either sunk or swam as a single agent and like you didn't have an option of going somewhere if you needed support or someone to give you leads or help these guys never came in and said like, I want to be the world's greatest real estate agent. These guys have come in with business minded backgrounds going, I want to build a very large business in a business that has low overhead and high profit. And I think that's why a lot of them seem like tech guys because I mean, they're not realtors and that's absolutely, like no judgment or badness against those people because I wish my brain was like that every day of the week, but, um, they, they're very, they're, they're focused on something different. This is business first for them. And it just happens to be in real estate.
2: I mean, Tim will tell you the story, how, how he got to where he is for the first five years of his career. All he did was make phone calls for like five hours a day. Um, I mean, Ben comes from a background. He used to install cable for Comcast. Um, you know, Ben is a te- Ben is a techie guy. I mean, he he's clearly not a high eye. He's, you know, he 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 has a very dry personality um, and sense of humor. and and that's what I love about Ben. Tim is more more um, more um, uh, charismatic. But like both of those guys have 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 amazing talents. And the way they got to where they are, uh, they didn't get to where they are through tech initially, but then, they figured out how to leverage technology to help scale, um, and to grow. But the technology agents are very funny about technology. Agents complain all day long about, um, things like Zillow coming for our jobs and you know, all these startups uh, that are built on technology platforms coming for our jobs. And then when agents are given technology, like someone will go, Hey, what's the best source of internet lead generation? First of all, there is no best source unless you have the right systems in place and have the scripts and dialogues to convert. There's no best source. There's different sources that do different things and have leads at different stages, but all sources are great if you have the right systems in place and the systems are technology because the technology helps you nurture, but nobody nobody can convert anyone for you. Nothing No shiny object can convert anything or anyone for you. You have to know how to do that. Yep. So that's what I, that's what I really like try to tell agents. Like you, this CRM is not going to make you rich unless you know how to use the systems and leverage it and understand how to talk to people.
0: Well, especially because most of them aren't going to use it anyway. Right. I know. Yeah. They're all just saying we need this because somebody said that they have it and they're doing more business than us. So we, we absolutely have to have it. And then once we get it, we're not going to use it anyway. So doesn't really matter.
1: Nick is going to come through the screen and like punch all of us right now.
2: (laughs) No, I think, first of all, I think it's awesome that like, you know, Kristen, I mean, I know you have a good business and it's funny that you're like, you're like, I don't have, what do you, what do you use, Kristen?
3: Well, I have command right now. So we're in between brevity and command. Okay. I I put my sphere and I put my uh, past clients in command right now. But, like, I have never ever fully used a CRM. Never, no, ever. Ever.
1: I don't do it. I do 150 million a year, like almost 300 transactions off an Excel spreadsheet and CTE. So, yeah, that's, that's
3: us too. Like, I have an Excel spreadsheet and I have CTE and I have Command and I have Brevity. Like, I want Brevity and I want Command to work, but I put all of my contacts on that Excel spreadsheet because I'm scared of those two programs. What if they fail? What if something happens? Like, <laughs> And I'm 34. <laughs> an Excel sheet is a CRM, right? Well, there you
2: go. So I think it's fascinating crazy, right? that, yeah, I think it's fascinating that that you can run your business at that high level off of an Excel sheet. Like, I look at Excel. Well, I mean, my personality and uh, Excel don't don't um, don't mesh. Like, I'm already already I'm already ADD enough as it is. Like, I look at an Excel, Excel spreadsheet. I can't even say it. That's how. I, <laughs> Like I don't not excel
1: my, at Excel.
2: No. And my wife knows all the special codes and she's typing it in. Like it's her second language or her first language. And I'm like, oh, I don't even know. I, I can't, I can't look at spreadsheets. I tell like when I was a TL, they expect you to be uh, really outgoing and personable. And they also expect expect you to know how to operate, uh, how to use spreadsheets. And I'm like, though mm-hmm. that those two personalities don't exist in one person. They
0: do they not.
2: You know, so I was
0: TL for a hot minute. Right, you're, and you color a spreadsheet though.
2: And you're like i'm out of here what exactly
0: that's 100 what happened nice 100 i was like what we can't just help people oh we have to put in a spreadsheet nope i'm out <laughs> nope. <laughs>
2: Mm-mm. <laughs> Mm-mm. peace out
0: yep i think that what i want people to hear from this is like there's you can be any personality in excel in real estate you don't have to fit a high d like a lot of us are you can be an I. You can be a, like it doesn't matter. You you can use a CRM or not use a CRM, and you're still gonna be fine if you just focus on your business as long as you have a system. So that's all yeah, I want people to hear. Yeah,
2: hundred percent for sure. Agree, agree.
0: Um,
3: yeah, the the whole CRM thing, like, and that's whole like the whole reason why we're doing this whole podcast thing is like we're agents from different parts of Colorado and agents from across the country that we're not perfect, not, I mean, you could do 100 million in deals and not have a CRM, or you could do two deals and have a CRM, like, every agent is different, every team is different, and just because that one team is doing 200 million, 100 million, doesn't mean that they have their shit together,
2: let's, <laughs> oh, I'm, glad, yeah, let's I'm actually glad that you brought that up, because, you know, there, there's this perception in, in, in the business, where, like, you know you're seeing you see a, a big mega producer um who who's doing you know hundreds of millions of dollars in volume and you're like oh man i got to i got to be like that person their gci is through the roof and and you know gci first of all doesn't mean anything if someone's doing 5 million gci you know um i want to know what they're netting right i want to know what they're right. taking home like you can spend all the money in the world to get to five million GCI, yep. but at the end of the day, if you're not profitable or your profit margins so low, you know, then it really doesn't make a difference. And so that's why I was so excited for our last mega camp when Gary started t- having that conversation, and he said, "You know, I'm only having agents on stage uh, whose PNL I've reviewed." And, and everyone was just like, "Finally! Like, mm-hmm. finally, 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 let's talk to people." Who are running a, a profitable business as opposed to only a huge enormous business and i loved like i know for a fact that ben's team is very profitable um well you know i think a lot of it has to do with the fact that he built his own technology but listen you can use that as an excuse uh, to say that's why he does that that money. Or you could say, you know what, Ben is smart enough and he built his own tech. <laughs> like mm-hmm, he leveraged right? the crap out of that. So right. that's awesome, right? Um, but, you know, they had Josh Anderson on stage and I know his profit margin is 45%. And that's the kind of conversation we need to be having because anybody can walk around saying that they're selling hundreds of millions of dollars and they've got millions of dollars in GCI. But if you're not making a profit, then that's not a conversation, that's not someone I would like to be in conversation with because they can't teach me how to be profitable. And there's way too much uh, perception uh, is reality out there based on that. And I think that that's what's making agents feel insecure. And So I was telling someone recently that like, because I travel to different market centers and I travel to different venues to to teach, I, I, I hear this all the time from agents when I ask them about their business and they say, Oh, you know, I only did ten million. The word "only" is the is the is the problem. That's Correct. the word that you need to remove from the vocabulary. Because if you quote only did ten million in volume, that means you're quote only making three hundred thousand. If it's about three per, two and a half to three percent commission, to, to quote only make three hundred thousand is not something that you should feel ashamed about. Right? Right. If you're only doing ten million, you should be ecstatic the average income in america is $40,000 and you're quote only making 300 grand that is an incredible life to li- to live if that's your income and so we need to stop we need to stop telling agents that unless their business is bigger that we don't want to talk to them because I'll be honest with you like i never had a goal to run a team with 30 agents i am so i have so much anxiety and so much ADD like I can't even thinking about doing that makes me like want may make give me a panic attack just because I can't be that person Thank um you. and so that really wasn't ever my goal to do that and, and if it's not your goal you shouldn't be told that you're not good enough if that's not your goal and I don't I mean, like that it,
1: conversation it's that hurt it a lot that. of us though like I mean that's like what I based my entire life on for a lot like you just said this when we were not rolling finger quotes but you know, you said like, what, you have a Lamborghini, that means that you're rich. Like, okay, you have a, you know, giant business, that means that you're profitable and your life is great. That is not the case. And that's one of the biggest reasons that we started this podcast was like to bring back a little bit of reality to this industry. Because like, I know, just speaking for myself personally, like that hurt me because for a long time, it was like bigger, 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 bigger. bigger. And I couldn't even rest and like be happy with myself and it came at an enormous cost to myself personally and like i don't think that that should be the only message there should be we are in an industry where you can do whatever the hell you want however the hell you want to do it and like we should just be glad that everybody's doing what they want like it's a it's a tough message to swallow it can it can like take over your life really fast
2: yeah and i you know i i i firmly believe that um <clears throat> you know there's too much. Uh, there's too much in your face. Um, the social media has made has put a lot of things in our face, and it's made us feel like we're we're not as good as as everyone else because we don't have a Lambo or we don't have a yacht. And you know, I I made a post on social media the other day, and it got a lot of traction because I think people feel, you know, like today I was asked Nick, are you okay? You seem to be making a lot of comments and observations. I'm like, yeah, because like listen, I'm a, pr- I'm a pretty positive person. Like I'm in a really good place mentally in my life. And, and personally, cause I'm doing what I want to do. Um, and, and so, uh, you know, I said, listen, just because you see someone on Facebook standing in front of a, a private jet, you know, doesn't mean that it's theirs. And so like, you yeah, know, <laughs> well, yeah. So I, so someone made a comment saying, well, you know, uh, I, I had that mentality too. Um, but I realized that, um you something about attracting you know people that you want to be around it was along the lines of material things attract certain types of people and 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 it's interesting to me because like i am grateful and thankful to have a circle of friends who are some of the most successful people in in our industry and in in business in general and uh, i don't drive a lamborghini or have a mansion and i think that we're we're mistaking um intellectual or our intel we're mistaking our knowledge and our and and our ability to hold a conversation uh we're putting that behind having material things like i think that if you uh have good ideas if you know how to go, have good conversations if you know how to change lives and you can uh, influence people to make the right decisions and, and and you and you have good thoughts and you put it out there that's what the people I want to attract. Like does Ben Kinney drive around in a Lamborghini? No, because Ben oh, Kinney doesn't have to like not my it's own, covered
1: in camo. Y'all yeah. can't see it. Like, I mean, that's right, like what I'm
2: saying. Like my point is like the people who are wealthy don't need to show it off. Yep. Like, like my uncle is one of the wealthiest people I know. He owns um multiple hotels in Miami. You know, he has houses in different cities, but you meet him and he's wearing jeans and a t-shirt and like, you would never know that the guy is worth hundreds of millions of dollars because, and he came from nothing. So you would never know that he, that he's that kind of person because he doesn't need to prove anything. And listen, I'm not saying people who drive Lamborghinis um, can't, can't afford them. I'm just saying there's a certain moment. There's a certain point at which class comes into play and just, you know, have a little bit of that, <laughs> you know right,
0: what I mean? Right. So. My
1: mom, my mom always told me, if you have to tell people you're a lady, you're probably not. So
2: it's, a- <laughs> I love it. it's so good. That's a great, uh, that's a great comment, quote from your mom. That should be on a t-shirt.
1: <laughs> ask your mom instead of ask your broker on the back.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> love it.
2: So, so good. Nate,
0: what is uh, what's the biggest thing that you've had to overcome on your path to what success is for you currently?
2: Oh, that's oh man, that's a really good question because recently, like, um, it was uh, recently. I re- sorry, I have a million thoughts that go on in my head at any given moment, so sometimes I like stutter because one of those thoughts is trying to get out. And we all do side. it.
0: You're sure. totally fine.
2: Yeah. So recently, okay, so I have. I ran a team with my mother, successful team. Um, and when I felt like it was time for me to go out on my own in New Jersey, I started my own team. We, we became one of the top, we became one of the top teams in the office in the first year. Then I moved to Michigan and as a team leader, um, I wasn't able to sell and, I, and it's fine. I didn't really want to, um, but and I didn't get my license in Michigan, but I did start a team in the market center and I hired a rainmaker and I hired buyer agents and we had a ISA. And we became the, the number one team in our market center um, within the first year. And so that was really impressive to me and I felt proud because it was a new market and the systems and models that I used in New Jersey worked in Michigan. And so that was, that was um, I felt very, I felt proud of myself. Um, and, and uh, you know, then, then I realized like, listen, it's, it's like it, obviously getting to that point was not an easy task. Um, there was a lot of ups and downs. I had to let some people go and rehire. And I just got to the point where I was like, oh man, like, I think I'm losing the passion for running a team right now. Like, I don't know if this is what I want to do. And I had always said to myself and my wife, and I talked to Tristan about it too. I'm like, as long as we're running lab code agents, I felt like I needed to have this team. Like I felt like if I didn't have a team, then I wasn't credible. Right. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. and, and I got this new position as regional tech trainer. And I was like, I said to myself, well, said, and my, my wife and I had a conversation. I said, I just think I should just let the team go. But then I'm, I'm, I'm concerned about what people are, are going to say. And my wife goes, since when have you ever given a shit about how, what people say about you? I'm like, I really, I haven't. She's like, Listen, she goes, you've been in the business for 13 years. You've always had a team and sold real estate. So let's say you take a year off from the team because you start this new position where you're coaching agents one-on-one, um, coaching mega teams like I was just coaching um, a $200 million team in Cleveland about their technology. She's like, y- you can take a year or two off from that. You've built the credibility. Um, she goes, it's the, it's the ones that haven't sold a house in 10, 20 years that are still coaching that you get you get you get rusty i think at Mm -hmm. a certain point if you're not if you're not doing it um and i'm and if you're not in it every day and i'm still in it every day so for me it was like it was a struggle about letting my team go and 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 being okay with people saying if they did um you know now you're now you're not credible enough and and I was prepared for that backlash and when I announced on Facebook because I announced I felt like people should know that I wasn't I felt I should make the announcement like listen I've decided to dissolve my teams because they both ran at the same time I've decided to dissolve them so I can focus on this right now and people were very um congratulatory of that they're like you know what Nick like we need more of that we need more people saying like listen you don't have to do this do what you do, what you're passionate about. And, um, I felt, I felt like that was something I had to overcome, but it was only for myself. Like I was so worried about what everyone else was going to think. And that's really not like me at all. Um, so that was an obstacle I had to overcome, like getting rid of the team and being okay with not running one and still coaching and consulting agents
0: what is um one achievement that you are the most proud of out of everything that you've done and you've certainly done a ton what is the one thing that you're most proud of and it can be work or personal or whatever
2: yeah um i think that there's i think that there's um an answer to that question in different areas of my life so in with my marriage i'm most proud of the fact that i actually got my wife to marry me because um she is so way out of my pay grade it's not no, even funny like very,
1: like very seriously woman. yeah
2: i i don't know what i don't know what magic wand i waved honestly like oh. you know so so the fact that i was able to get to get her to to to, to marry me is 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 pretty amazing and then I, and then agree to have kids with me too so that was <laughs> that was cool and so like um you know so in, in my personal life, it's obviously her and my kids and, um, you know, just, just making sure that they're the best people that they could be. And, you know, my son Levi is seven years old and he has Tourette's and, you know, so I'm, I'm, I'm struggling and figuring out like how to be the best dad for him. Uh, because it's one of those things where like Tourette's is very difficult in the sense that he's seven. Right. So like, what about his behavior is seven? And then what about it is Tourette's because it really, um, you know, makes his seven-year-old behavior multiplied by a thousand times. So, um, I, but I actually think that that was given to me for a reason. Like, I feel like that was a challenge and he's a challenge every day, but we're still trying to figure out um, how to, you know, get past that. Um, and then I think like in my, in my business life, um, just never really, I never asked anybody for, for, for anything, right? Like, any opportunity i've gotten i've been offered and i think that when you like i was offered the the team leader position and um you know i was offered the team leader position uh, in another state i was offered uh the regional technology position which is a huge um promotion you know i was offered um five breakout sessions at family reunion you know, I was offered future conference, uh, the technology conference that lab coats hosted with, with Josh team and Jason Abrams. I was offered those things and I was, I never asked for any of it. And I think that if you continue to put other people first that which I have, which I feel I have always done in the real estate industry and in my, in my personal life, that things will come to you. Um, and and I and I firmly believe that because that's what's happened to me. I I don't If if you asked me if you asked me two years ago, what do you want to do in two years? I would have said I have no idea because the things that I've been able to do weren't really on like some org chart right
1: You've been um, them.
2: Yeah, and they just came to me and I think if you just are kind and you Give people value and you show your worth and you just do it because you want to and not because there's a there's a there's a prize at the end, then that's when the opportunities are going to come. So, you know, I think I'm kind of just getting started. So I'm, I'm excited that that people are noticing and that I'm um, That they're that they're like the fact that Josh team decided to put me on stage. Uh, at a conference in front of eighteen thousand people watching is was totally like, I was like, dude, this is at your own risk. I'm just letting you know like, <laughs> like when you go swimming in a pool and there's no life garden, <laughs> but like um, no, but it was so fun because Tristan and I had a great time, and they knew that the chemistry was gonna be fun, and people loved it. And I'm just grateful to the company. I'm grateful to people that give me opportunities and you just never. You just have to always, always, always stay grateful and always stay humble and always offer support and advice and guidance, and people will repay you like tenfold. So, that's one of the lessons I've learned.
1: Awesome. I'd love to if you're willing, and if you're not willing, that's totally fine too. But talk a little bit more about um, Anne and like the whole oh, yeah. ecosystem of working together. So, like on our show, because we're for women one of the conversations that we really wanted to bring light to was, um, a, what it's like to be a woman who, you know, is the primary income earner typically, and the mom and the wife and the house runner and all those things. But like also, um, and we were talking to Missy Webb in Oklahoma about this the other day, like the stress that this, business and the craziness that this business and the stress and the craziness that our personality types being high D's, high eyes and so visionary and so driven puts on a marriage. Um, and I think that's just another one of those things that like nobody's talking about everybody yeah. looks so social media. Perfect. But I mean, I would love for you to tell us uh, from a man's perspective, you know, cause we've been talking a lot as the girls, what it's like to do all this together so closely.
2: Sure. So you want to know what it's like living with Nick Baldwin, basically? Is that you want to know? <laughs> um,
1: um,
2: I, don't, I don't put my clothes away. Um, I leave my underwear on the bed. Uh, no. Um, our life is de- far, very far from perfect. I'm very difficult um, to live with, and that's not because I'm like a stubborn person, or like in, uh, or like anything along those lines. I just... I, I get very much in my own head with a lot of things. Um, That's because I think about a lot of things. And and sometimes when I do that, I inadvertently, I think I inadvertently put her second. And like, I don't mean to put her second. Um, She's always first. Um, And so that can happen, right? Because like, there's so many different things going on in my head. And there's so many different, I'm being pulled in a lot of different directions by a lot of different people and a lot of different things. But like, you know, we have a, a promise to each other that, you know, listen, when, when at six o'clock, you know, when, when it's dinner time, put the put the technology away, um, have dinner, you know, give the kids a bath or read them a book or snuggle on the couch with them and, and while they watch a show or whatever, between like six and eight, you know, that's family time. And she's like, listen, if you need to do more work after eight o'clock when the kids are in bed, you know, go do more work. But I really try not to like, we all like, you know, I always, our together time is, you know, um, just kind of being in the same room together. Like, you know, she says to me, she's like, I don't care if you're downstairs working all day and I'm upstairs. She's like, as long as you're, you know, if you're in the house and I know you're here, like that's, that's really all that matters. And at night, like if we sit on the couch and binge watch the bachelor, like that's <laughs> kind of how we, you know, as long, she's like, if you're watching a show with me that I want to watch, that's, that's stupid and, 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 and completely ridiculous and a train wreck, like a bachelor. She's like, that to me means more than, you know, you taking me on like a, 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 you know, a whirlwind like vacation because the little things that I, that I, that I do um like watch those stupid shows with her <laughs> that I secretly love, um, you know, <laughs> mean, mean everything. Her. So like, for me, it's more being, um, more being uh, aware of the little things. Like if I come home from the office and I notice that, you know, she cleaned up the living room, um, Uh, it really means a lot to her if I say that, right? Like, Hey, the house looks great. So like, and she's okay with being at home. Like this is really kind of what she wants. She's at home, but she's also like the person that makes sure that I'm doing what I need to be doing and that I'm uh, being aware of my schedule and that I'm booking my flights to go speak or that I'm, you know, I've got all my traveler agents in place and she does all that stuff for me. And, um, so, so she likes being here and, you know, so, so it's just a matter of making sure that I'm, that I'm mentally aware of things happening around me, uh, when I can easily get caught up in Nick world. Um, so I come in the house, Hey, the house looks great. Uh, you did a great job doing this or little things like that that matter to her. So, but yeah, our marriage is, um, we're best friends. Like, honestly, like she's my best friend. And I think that we spend more time together than any couple that I know because we ran a team together. Mm -hmm. Um, Now I'm working from home mostly with my new job and she's here. Um, But yeah, like we almost never fight. Like we do fight when we fight. Oh, here's the thing. When we fight, it's like an all out fight. Like it's, it's like so passionate and like, you know, emotional, um, we don't ever just have little teeny tiny, like annoyancy pickers. Right. And they say that the people who fight like that, like they fight like that because there is so much emotion. Mm -hmm. Right. And so as much as I hate it and feel like we should be a picture perfect couple with a white picket fence, um, the fights, actually mean that we give a shit and so some couples just don't even they don't fight because they don't care and I think when you fight it's because you care and so she put that into perspective for me too she's a lot smarter than me um so you know I lucked out with that too because I have a hard time thinking for myself but um anyway (laughs) I give her all the credit
1: how do you deal with um, the haters like the hurtful stuff that comes up in oh, the group or the hurtful stuff yeah. that's said about you, and does it affect Anne too? I mean, it Wait, people, you. people talk shit.
2: What wow, people talk shit all the time, Kristen.
1: <laughs> um, a lot of people talk shit for a living,
2: yeah. So, you know, I'll get really transparent with you now because, like, I don't really care. Um I don't know if you guys are aware of what happened to me uh, 3 4 years ago uh, that Tristan and I were accused of something terrible did you hear about that
3: Yes Yeah
2: Okay So clearly that was false right like KW put me in like a regional position like they're putting me on breakout sessions like clearly that story was not true um and I can't really get into too much detail in terms of that but um, people are now like, what story? They're listening. They're like, I got to Google Nick Baldwin and find this story. <laughs> it was just okay, a horrible story. <laughs> yeah, it was just a horrible story. Anyway, it was, it was, a, um, a, a it could have been a career ending story and it wasn't. Um, and so that for me, basically, you can't say anything worse about me going forward at this point, right? right. Like nothing phases me. And I have learned and grown so much from that because I feel like I was an easy target, right? Like Tristan and I worked sort of like, um, we had a little bit of, we had some ego back then. We were becoming noticeable um, and I think that uh, we were easy targets. And so um, when you're, when you're when someone says something that hurtful about you, anything that anybody says about you behind a keyboard is like it's nothing like the other day some dude i didn't know made a comment about me about how you know uh, you know how how i have how he couldn't look at my face and, I, and he wanted to punch me or something stupid right and i'm like who's this guy and it, i was just like i laughed about it and it, the, the 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 realization i've come to was that. People who are successful and who are high level, they don't take the time to insult others mm-hmm. to their face or right. on social media because they're too busy being amazing and awesome that someone who is running a successful business, has a positive mindset, has a great home life and is in their 40s isn't going to act like a 14-year-old bully. Yep. Right? that's just the way the world is. And social media has allowed people to say whatever the hell they want about somebody, but then you have to remember, it's social media, I don't know this person, if I let this person bother me, then what does that say about me? They look like the idiots. Yep. Um, so yeah, like, do some of the things bother me? Sure, because like, I'm human, right? But then I'm like, I have to think of myself, I go, you know what, I am not that person, who is doing like that person who's saying that to me is much worse off than I am and, and they need a hug. Right. Mm. So <laughs> I go like, I'm like, is everything okay? Like who, who, what's wrong in your life? Like, why are you, you know, why are you saying these things to me? Do you need me to, do you need to, you know, I mean, it's terrible that they feel they need to but I'm rambling. Nothing really bothers me anymore about what people say, because I look at my life and what I'm doing and what I'm given. And I know that my harshest critics are typically the ones that aren't doing any of it or aren't trying to do any of it. Like for instance, you know, on uh, when somebody, when somebody posts a video, when somebody agents are always afraid of someone doing something that's different out of the box, mm-hmm. right? The harshest critics are the ones who have never even tried. Yep. Um, yep. And and so that's what I've realized. And um, if somebody has never even tried and they're critiquing you in a negative way, then you just don't even need to listen. And if it's not it's not constructive criticism, then you don't need to listen either. There's no reason for straight up criticism. Everything should be constructive, and everything should be coming from contribution. And everything should come from curiosity. And so basically, at the end of the day, like. I'm really not phased by the haters anymore because I'm clearly doing something right. And as long as I keep doing that right thing, then, um, but the thing is the people who are supportive of you typically are the quietest, hmm. you know, like when you go out to a restaurant to eat, if you had a great meal, you're probably not going to go to Yelp and write a positive review. But if you had a horrible waiter who spilled a hot coffee on your lap, you're going right to Yelp and ripping them a new, you know, what, and that's really kind of that's kind of a shame, right? Like that's the world we live in. Like we're only gonna comment or review when it's a negative experience, but we're not gonna give people praise when they do something great. And I think we need to have more of that, you know? I agree.
3: So how did you how did you come, how did you rise above that event? How did you oh. like if that was me? Like, if someone said shit like that about me, I would be in the corner, crying, puking, ready to just be like, I'm done. How
2: did you overcome that? I'm glad you asked me that question. And I might as well, I might also add that, you know, people who know me, they're like, seriously, have they met your wife? She would whoop your ass. (laughs) Like, you know what I mean? I like that. So, yeah. Um it was very, very, very hard. I don't really want to like open up that whole door again because I don't really want to draw too much attention to it because whatever, but, um, I can say that it, it took, you know, it actually didn't take as much time as I thought it would for me to rise above it. Like we decided to take some time away. Like, um, we, we went up to Michigan and spent a month with our parents. Um, and then when I came back, um, I started my own team in January of 2000 and what year was that? 17, 16. I don't even remember. I started my own team and I just was like, you know what? The only thing I can do is to keep becoming more successful and keep becoming better. Right. Mm -hmm. And so like, you overcome it by just persevering. And so when I started my own sales team that, that following year um, we became one of the top teams in my market center. And that's because I wasn't going to let anything hold me down. That's because I had so much to prove. And when you have so much to prove, you're just going to go do it. Um, and, And I haven't, I basically haven't stopped. I'm always trying to prove myself. It comes up in conversation you know but it hasn't taken any opportunity away because when people stop and they step back and they think about it they're like like <sighs> that's just not nick and tristan um and and kw realized it and um everyone else realized it and um people that we knew stood up for us and um it just went away like it's just a complete and i can get into why it happened but i'm not going to um but
1: no, you don't yeah, you need to, just,
2: because... you have to, You just have to keep going. You just have to keep going. And uh, yes, for a month or so, I was basically paralyzed. And then I was like, you know what? Enough of this shit. Like, I'm going to stand up and I'm gonna, I'm just going to go get what I want. And I did, so.
3: Good for you. That's what I wanted. Like, I want other people who have fallen down or shit's been said about them, who feel like they just want to go into a cave and disappear. Like, I want them to hear that look. This shit happened and you, ro- you rose above it.
2: Yeah, like, I just, you know no one I mean ever like I'd say like once a year like I don't think it's come up until I just brought it up just now it's probably been two years like I moved to Michigan it was never an issue um being a team leader it wasn't an issue getting this job that I have now it's not an issue when I go to family reunion it's not an issue when I go to events it's not an issue for either of us um and actually like it's weird that and I say to Tristan I'm like you know what I'm like, I wonder if like, if we, if that wasn't said about us, like, and we didn't have to overcome and kind of like rise from the ashes, Mm. would, would this, would these great things have started to happen, right? right? Because I feel like there was a moment where everyone was like, you know, I, 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 they look at it and they go, that was clearly fabricated because that's not those guys, and then, when that happened and that realization in people's heads came clear then awesome things started to happen i'm like i wonder if like if that if that whole debacle never happened would we be where we are and i always think about that right like maybe we needed that gut check um to to start appreciating things a little bit more right and, and hum and to and to humble us and stuff like that And he and i talk about that every so often like i wonder it's like that it's like the movie with gwyneth Paltrow, like sliding doors like yeah. you know if she does if she if she didn't miss the subway what would have happened would have right
1: happened. well you're a major superhero fan like me right so like yeah. maybe that's your origin story
2: <laughs> oh i love it you that's know? so good yeah that is my origin so, see look at that Lindsay. we went back and forth on uh on 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 on, uh, i
1: have to ask i'm just i'm just gonna close with this but we're here so i'm asking it so i just want to know your favorite pair of sneakers and your favorite superhero and then we can get back to
2: real life oh well you can't see them on a podcast but i'm wearing my sneakers all the sneakers i have i've designed myself um on nike.com they allow you to design your own sneakers nikeid.com We'll give Nike a little plug like they need it from me right <laughs> but I design my own sneakers because I like to be the only ones in the world who have that pair um and I always get Air Force Ones even though I deviated to from Air Force Ones to Nike Air Max for my last pair because they kind of looked a little like Air Force Ones but I love Air Force Ones I like to design my own um I I, I would buy a pair of sneakers every month if, if my wife let me but um the, my favorite pair are the new ones that I just made. They're red and black. Um, uh, they just, I don't know, they're just just—they're just hot. Like, I can't, like, you know. And um, and people compliment me on them. Like, those are awesome shoes. And I go, thanks, I made them myself. They're like, you did? I'm like, yeah. <laughs> um, You're a
1: DC guy? Like, what the hell is that? I mean, I'm like i oh. I'm a, Batman is the first love of my entire life, but I'm a Marvel girl. So, yeah. Yeah, well, so here's the
2: thing, like, I love, so do I, I love the Marvel comics, of course, I love Spider-Man, right, but like, but I just, I, I love Superman, I love Batman, I love the Flash, like, I love those characters, and it's just, I'm so bummed that they just can't, how can you not make a good movie, like, like, how can you not, they've made, obviously, the good Batman movies, but I mean, the new, updated DC Universe movies, like, Man of Steel was decent. It wasn't great. Batman vs. Superman was garbage. Justice League was garbage. Wonder Woman was fantastic. Aquaman was fantastic. But I don't understand how they screw up a comic book movie because it's already been written. They're in the comics. Just take the comics and write a script. Because,
1: oh my God, everybody is going to be like, edit this shit out. Because the MCU (laughs) went to a whole different level. Like what they did with the brain power to Stitch 4, stages of universe together across all these super like nobody's like i wish that sam lee would have lived to see it finished because it is like
2: well he basically did he only died like a year ago but i think here look at it this way this could bring us to a better a more deeper conversation about it right so like dc did it to catch up Whereas Marvel did it organically. Okay. And so if you're doing something simply because your rival's doing it, you're going to screw up. It's not going to be as good. Like, DC was like, shit, like we have to get there. Okay, how do we get there super fast? Oh, we make a Superman movie, then we make Justice League. No, like, Avengers came like eight years after Iron Man. They gradually got there. So that's why they screwed it up because they went so fast and they just tried, they did it only because Marvel did. And so what I heard, Lindsay, is what you and I were talking on Facebook, when they're making, they're going to make the new flash movie and because flash can go back in time with the flashpoint paradox that's going to reset the whole DC universe yeah. so hopefully they will reset it all and we'll get a new we'll get a new storyline although the new batman with Robert Pattinson is a standalone know, in Netflix dude. we're we're
1: going to have to we're going to Who's the one that the makes Thor? You know, who makes Thor? Cuz that's who wins in my life. Chris yeah, I,
2: love, I I love this. Who's the one who's that, that does that? the Thor? Yeah.
0: The thing with Chris Hemsworth, that's who I like. <laughs>
2: you know Marvel, what yeah, that's Marvel. The problem
0: is, it was freaking Ben Affleck. That's what the damn problem no. is. I'm He was right. so
2: good. He, no, was he actually, was good. he
1: was so good. I but I imagine.
0: had the same reaction
1: to him as I did with um, Pattinson. Like, I was like, Are you effing kidding me? You're gonna put him in the bat. Like, the bat suit to me is like, I mean, like, the only other thing that I, I have to compare it to it would be like putting. Robert Pattinson in Jesus's sandals, like that's how okay, special so, that bat suit is to me. Like, Lindsay, come on! I'm gonna
2: tell you something. If if you're a true Batman fan, you're gonna do your research. Hold on a second, and you're going to find out why his suit looks the way it looks. In the 40s, um, so in the suit, that's actually the the, the metal the metal bat signal uh, symbol. That's actually um, the metal from his from the gun that his parents were shot with and in the comics he actually does that with with his with his symbol and and the and the mask the cowl is based on 1940s batman with really high pointy ears and it's kind of like sewn together so people who like you i'm i mean i'm not saying you don't know i'm not schooling you on dc like I'm, i'm not like i'm just saying that a lot of the stuff online a lot of people aren't aware of like oh they're going way back to when he was a detective and this is how he looked and i don't think we've ever been let down with a batman i think that um you know i think obviously michael great and uh i think that christian bale was great and i loved ben affleck and everyone made a big stink about gal Gadot playing wonder woman but she kicks ass and she's crazy awesome so um
1: amazing yeah i think it's really good okay okay You're not now, You're not that that everybody, her. everybody yeah. fell asleep now but um no nobody
2: fell asleep. we got all we we just totally tuned into the dc comic geeks with this right? podcast we have a whole new audience
1: yeah i might have to fly to wherever <laughs> you I'm are leaving. when, <laughs> when, when, <laughs> when the new one comes out to watch it with you because nobody else yeah. everybody's like he's like can stop. we talk about thor now well so we right. I, I always just
3: find, find like, a picture
1: of him i was the girl that would dress up like to go to the midnight premieres but then we're here like my hometown is aurora where the theater shooting happened during the dark night premiere so i don't do that anymore um but all right totally switching gears tell me what leverage is the new hustle is about like real quick i know that you're teaching that and that is like the coolest phrase ever so what does that mean to you
2: cool so yeah thanks so leverage is the new hustle is actually a class that tristan and i um uh, kind of put together uh, a couple years ago and you know, it's, it's evolved over time and it's about leveraging technology in your business to help you live a better life and run a more streamlined uh, and profitable business. Um, it's not about technology doing business for you. It's about learning how to leverage it and get the most out of, out of all areas of your life. Like, you know, what's the point in, in, in running a great business and, uh, and, and, and are you, are you, are you working, uh, are you living to work, or are you working to live? Like that's my one of my favorite phrases. And technology allows you, um, so you can allows you to work, so you can live. And so, the whole um, class is about just different forms of tech. Um, from and, and it's it's a one size fits all class in the sense of like anybody can get value from it. And there's so many different areas of the class like how can you leverage tech doing an open house? How can you leverage tech with your sphere of influence and internet lead generation and farming, uh, geographic farming? And, you know, you, you can be running a hundred million dollar team, or you could be doing a million dollars a year. It doesn't matter. There's something in it for everybody because technology, um, is scary for a couple of reasons. It's scary because people think it's, think it's expensive and it's scary because they feel like, um, you know, they, they, they don't understand it, right. They don't understand it. But, the cool thing is that, like a lot of the tech now that can help you leverage, doesn't cost a lot of money. Um, you know, it could be as low as fifty dollars a month to help you automate some sort of follow-up plan, and that's that's I go from real. I go I talk about things that are are, are that inexpensive to things that are like two thousand a month. So it's 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 all different. Um, it's for all different agents and all different stages of their business. And then of course, when I'm teaching it to KW agents i um i integrate command into it and i help uh, educate our agents on what command is doing right now um that these other third-party platforms are also doing because command is doing a lot of it people just feel like um they're very overwhelmed with all of of what command does and the reason why command is so robust is because it is the agent operating system it it has everything that we need to run our business so whether you're a non-kw agent there's tons of, of of tech to implement And if you are, I talk about that third-party tech, but then I come back full circle to what command is doing that's similar to that third-party tech. So I love it. It's, it's, it's fun. It's geeky. There's a lot of cool statistics in there about follow-up and how important it is and why you need to leverage tech to nurture and follow up with leads quickly and stay in touch with your sphere. And um, I'm going to Colorado Springs on uh, March 24th. Fourth, i'll be there uh casey clark's the team leader that's putting it together and she said she's got 130 people registered and we still have like three weeks out so i challenge her.
1: and i'm wearing the bat suit
2: <laughs> oh awesome well i challenge her to get more people than minnesota they had 175 so she's challenged so it's fun because like first of all i'm super humbled that people will come and watch me and second i just love doing it so you know
1: Do you have a favorite, um, like outside of command for people that are not KW, do you have a favorite like app, piece of tech, you know, like whatever, what's the thing that you love right now?
2: Like full disclosure, like I still use follow up boss for some of my business. So it's not like I'm 100% in on all the KW tech because it isn't doing everything I need it to do. Um, so follow boss is a great CRM for teams. I think follow boss is probably the best CRM for teams on the market right now. If you're looking for what CRM you should use, Kristen, I know you're asking the other day what CRM, so that's, you should use Kristen, um, follow boss. It's great. Lindsay's like crying. You should ask your broker
1: first though. Make sure you ask
2: your broker broker before you use it. Um, and and then what do I love? Uh, I love conversion monster is a great platform. That's not so much tech as it is human powered human-powered follow-up. Um, but they have their tech internally to follow up with your leads quickly, um, is very impressive. They, they're an ISA company that, that converts, um, incoming leads from any source, uh, not converts, qualifies, you have to convert. Um, because if I say convert and then people are gonna sure. be like, you said that they would convert them for me. So, you know, agents are very literal, uh. <laughs> What else do i love i love a system called agent legend agent legend is a very inexpensive platform about a, about 180 bucks a month where you can build out dozens and dozens of drip campaigns with text and video and email and video text and email video and voicemail drops really great inexpensive way to stay in front of um leads that you're currently nurturing and sphere of influence um, and there's a bunch of gifting apps that i love EvaBot is a great gifting app.
1: I use that. that. Yeah, I, yeah, that I g- saw that in there and I used it for a couple, um, like Christmas gifts one year and it was the coolest damn thing I yeah.
2: ever used. It's cool, doing. like you can brand, like basically what, it's like Eva is your artificial intelligence gifting assistant and she texts your clients, um, like after, let's say after a after closing and asks them a few questions about what they like and dislike. You know, do you like coffee or tea? Do you like sweet or salty? You know, do you like? Do you have an iPhone or an Android? And based on their answers and based on how much money you're spending, it'll curate a gift package for them. And the in the gift package could be branded to your team. And when they get it in the mail, you know they're gonna get things that um, meet the, the their likes and uh, meet the things that they told you that they like. And so it's super cool. So you uh, oh, handwritten with a y h a n d w r y t t e n handwritten dot is so freaking cool. Like it's, um, a greeting card company, not like send out cards. They actually put pen to paper with proprietary technology. So it looks like you wrote it with, with your own handwriting and you can brand the cards. They have about a dozen different categories from happy birthday to happy anniversary. They have a real estate category. You can put pictures on the cards. You can put your logo on the card. You can put gift cards in there. That's a and you can send like 300 cards or a thousand cards at once So like if you're trying to send reading cards over Thanksgiving and you need to send 300 to your sphere of influence You could upload a CSV file with their name and, uh, and Physical address and basically send out the same message to up 300 people in about five minutes. So that's a great product I love that product. So lots of cool things so a lot of the cool tech is actually tech that's bringing us back to basics like handwritten, right that's the stuff I love. Things that, like, Same. we used to do yeah. uh, to stay in front of people is now being turned into technology to help us leverage that, which m- blows my mind. Isn't it funny know?
1: how it used to be like you? If you moved from analog to digital, you were cool. But now, if you're moving off of digital back to analog, you're cool. It's kind of funny how it.
2: Right. <laughs> like yesterday, I was wearing <laughs> yesterday I was wearing a Nintendo sixty four t shirt as I was teaching a class. And people were like, "Dude, that's so vintage!" <laughs> like, you know how you go to, you can go to like Target and buy the little Super Nintendo that has a yeah. hundred games in it. I'm like, I would much rather play Super Mario Brothers original than like, you know, whatever those graphics are on the game. I don't even know the name Fortnite or whatever. I would yeah. much rather play Mario Brothers.
1: You don't want to do so. a Fortnite dance for us?
2: I don't even know what. I don't even know. Don't
1: do I that. don't even know what that oh, looks like. Oh, yeah, Kristen's like. got it.
2: <laughs> oh, Kristen's doing it. Oh, is
1: that? Uh, well, I just want to say thank you for spending so much time with us. Um, yeah. You're one of my favorite people in the whole world to follow. I've followed. Thank I was actually wondering if you can find out how long I've been in lab coats. Like, it, I, obviously, I was like, not Um. Long yeah, long yeah, I can. I've been in there I think I can. I think while, I can.
2: So. I think okay. I can. I think it tells me.
1: It should.
2: Oh, so weird. Yeah, let me look you up. Um, you so probably
1: have can... so much data on like ev- all of us. Oh, it's a little bit it's scary. crazy! Actually.
2: It's crazy, like how much we. Well, I mean, Facebook doesn't give us everything. We just know, um, you know, engagement and, and and that type of stuff and how long people have been there. Uh, you want me to? You want me to look you up and see if it tells me?
1: Yes, and while you're doing that, I will just tell you that you know, thank you so much for spending time with us, and I I just wanted to go back to. Um, I mean, I loved your humility when you said that you feel like you've been offered or given the opportunities that you're having, but I don't see it that way. I feel very strongly that you've earned it and that most people would firmly agree. And you've you've carved out a whole community for a lot of people that never had a place to go. So thank you
2: for that. Oh, well, that's very nice of you. And so with that, um, I feel a need to... Uh, you know I feel like I do have some sort of a pedestal where speaking about you know my mental health or speaking about you know reality and things like that I think it's very important I think that it speaks to a lot of people, and so that's that's kind of why I do it because I'm in a place now where i I can people can hear it you know what I mean, and so you've been in lab coach since November third two thousand and fifteen um cool. so yeah, you're you're What's you've been heck? in there for a, really a, while. Much, a while. Yeah, this is your fourth year. On November third of this year, we'll throw you an anniversary party. Wait, <laughs> uh,
1: fifth? yeah. Five years. Yeah. Oh,
2: you times. joined one month. New joint. We jo- we started Lab Coats like October fifteenth. Uh, that year of 2015 so you've actually been in there since you know the first couple of weeks like that's so. kind
1: of what i thought but i wasn't was. i wasn't gonna be like i've been there since the beginning but Haha, <laughs> yeah i <that> was <laughs> so, the first one yes yeah. <laughs> well thank you nick for spending time with us and for pouring into us and for everything that you do and um i can't wait to watch what's next for all of these many irons that you have in the fire
2: well i appreciate that and i thank you guys for having me on uh the podcast and i'm excited for you and let me know when when it drops because yes. uh, that's a big day. like when is don't let me know when that joint it's, drops um, you know
1: yeah i know right it's, it's actually um, monday it's monday no it's monday the ninth so the whole and- podcast launches on the second but your episode will drop monday the ninth so i will um send you the link and you know do all the time. yeah i'm gonna blow it up
2: we're gonna we're gonna drop it in all the groups
1: <laughs> we would love that and actually thanks for letting us share in there even before we were ready yeah oh
2: ooh, it's fine don't worry about it we appreciate you're it you're all good see that's what i'm saying like you that that's part of it like it's not about any one person like everybody's doing something and you know if it's doing something for the greater good and helping people, then it deserves to be put out into the universe. So just let me know what I can do. And obviously um, I'll share, you know, the episodes for you guys. So thank you.
0: Super appreciate it. Thank you so much. We hope you loved our show today. If you enjoyed it, do the home girls a favor and leave us a review on iTunes or wherever you listen, share this episode with all of your home girls and friends and find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at homegirlco.